Welcome to episode 40 of the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore. And we are playing Chaosium 7th edition Call of Cthulhu horror role-playing game based upon the fictional works of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are... Gabe as Roy Arroyo. This prison's inhumane. They got bars instead of screen doors. Brian as Jack Whiteside. I wonder if that body's still tender enough to cook up. And Matt as Dan Williams. You know, I never noticed how nice of a front porch this is. Coat of paint, couple of bricks, you know, a nice hammock. I could, I could, I could, I could deal with this. Bricks of heroin, maybe. <laughs> oh, you know it. All right, what are we drinking tonight, guys? Sparkly water. I'm drinking de-sparklified sparkling water. I'm abstaining from liquid for the next few years. Saliva only. Well, I'm drinking Boomstick Brews. Call of Cthulhu. Mm. How many episodes and subscribers before we get our own Call of Cthulhu Lovecraft tapes-based character-themed beers? Ooh, I could do Roy Arroyo's Shirley Temple. Non-alcoholic. We need to come up with a screen door-themed beer for Roy. <laughs> Fun fact. There's a movie that I just looked up. It's called Screen Door Jesus. Oh, there we go. We have the name of Roy's beer, Screen Door Jesus. Quick, Gabe, see if that gamer tag is available on Xbox Live. All right, uh, let's get to some letters from beyond, because we haven't done that in a while. Uh, we did get an email from one James Rowland, who shared a really cool story with me about meeting and having dinner with Sandy Peterson. Plus, he also shared photos of Sandy Peterson at his house, which is really cool. Did he tell Sandy Peterson about us? <laughs> did, I, yeah, I wish he would have. But uh, if you don't know, uh, not only did Sandy Peterson uh, create the Call of Cthulhu RPG at Chaosium, but he also created levels for the original Doom, Doom 2, and Quake. Oh, that's why Quake was so good. If you remember, Quake had some very Lovecraftian levels especially towards the end uh those gigantic weird polygon monsters he did he did those and i believe he may have had a hand in some of the uh bonus levels that you could download later really fucking cool james that's uh quite the uh experience to uh, meet a legend like that you have made jeremy very jealous on reddit we got a note from how we roll podcast regarding episode 32 oh god what did you ruin this time roy they said oh i love this scenario we've been hoping to play it too I'll give it a listen. So they're very familiar with the with the scenario that you're playing right now, which is a published scenario. We do some monkeying around with it. So that's the next comment on Reddit from Scott Dorward, also regarding episode 32. I'm thoroughly enjoying the way you're hacking the scenario around and making it your own. Really looking forward to the next episode. So thank you, Scott. Appreciate that. And finally, on Twitter, uh, we'd like to welcome some new followers at Scott Wade FM, at Cooking with HPL, at Filthy Coasty, which we uh, mentioned in uh, episode 32.2, and at Loki Hard Drive. So welcome. Uh, appreciate you following us on Twitter, and hopefully we'll keep you entertained and scared shitless. Finally, before we start, we do need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. I see. I see. What do I see? Ah, uh, yes. I'm seeing a man. No, no, a small group. Looking for the answers to questions they so desperately need before time runs out. Ah, but it seems that the path is not clear at this time. They are flailing against forces beyond their control. 
fighting an uphill battle that they are destined to lose. The spirits are showing me two men standing opposite our heroes, hiding in shadow, shying away from the light of the truth. And, oh, what's, what's this I'm getting from the great beyond? Evil. An ancient evil long slumbering, slowly awakening to the sounds of progress. It does not like this progress, oh no, not one bit, and and oh, oh my. It's planning, it's revenge, it's return as we speak, oh no. Oh dear, I see. It is massive, towering above all. Oh my, oh dear, so much pain and death. Run, my heroes, run before it's too late. I beg of you to flee this place. It's, it's, it's... Does this sound like it could apply to you? To your life? Do you ever feel like the universe is dragging you towards a conclusion you can't just seem to anticipate? Well, Future Perfect Fortune Telling Services has a deal for you. Our fortune tellers are like no other, gathered from the countries of old across the ages, plucked from obscurity into the light to help serve you better. That's right. While others may claim to be able to predict your futures, ours are time-tested to have actual prophetic powers. Through the use of a patented series of tests that very few candidates can survive. We weed out all those fakers and bring you only the best of the best. Not convinced yet that you need us? Oh, you will be. Just give it some time. Oh, and don't bother looking for us either, because we'll find you when the time is right. With this much power, we can't risk disturbing the time-space continuum too much. And so, we only show ourselves to those whom we deem worthy of our services. Just beware, ignoring our call can lead to many disastrous things. You can try to run, you can try to hide, but we're always there. Waiting, already knowing just what you're going to do. Come on by. Visit us now for a free first reading. We do crystal balls, we do tarot, we even do palm readings. Honey, we've got it all. Future perfect fortune telling services. Yes, yes we knew you were going to say that. Oh, and um, by the way, the answer is three. You're holding three fingers behind your back, Jack. Are we back yet? And we're back. <laughs> hey, is, is it just me, or is it starting to sound like all of our sponsored commercials are voiced by, like, the same few people? His voice is really annoying. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think it's music to my ears, and I will buy anything he's selling. I don't think it is, though, because, like, one time it'll be really high and fast, and the next time it'll be slow and low. That's true. Yeah. See, that makes it different, because it's a different tone. Uh, just the way Brian likes it, low and slow. That's right. Low and slow, baby. It's like I like my coffee. And his brisket. And now we continue Chapter 5, Hell House. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. After tracking down Mitch Landrum, who is passed out at the Dangling Bullhorn Tavern, Special Agent Roy Arroyo lets his anger get the better of him. He smashes the poor drunk's face into the bar, then pushes the unconscious man onto the floor. Understandably, Hank the barkeep dials the sheriff's office. 
Less understandably, Roy opens fire with his service revolver. The frightened bartender scurries away to hide. Moments later, sirens are heard approaching outside. Sighing, Roy goes out to meet his fate in the form of Chief Weaver and Steve Ellis, who promptly throw the rabid FBI agent into the squad car and take him to jail. Meanwhile, Dan gives chase to the mysterious Eva, following up to the Angerstein attic, where he discovers boxes of old historic photos. Unfortunately, something shifts the box he attempts to retrieve, spilling broken glass onto his face. Blinking back blood, he encounters a shadowy soldier who dissipates in an instant, though not before Dan discovers another box of bloody tools. Jack questions Bradley, an LGBTQ plus protester who has been lurking in the woods, taking photos and reeking of gasoline. Somehow, Bradley tricks Jack into looking away while he makes an escape running through the woods. Jack finds Bradley's stash of Molotov cocktails, then pours them out. He soon joins Dan back at the Angerstein house, horrified to find the private detective injured. Together, they re-enter the Hell House, but are quickly separated. Jack hears some strange knocking sound, following it to the attic entrance, where he encounters a body. It is now early evening, Sunday, October 22nd. Only two days until Hell House opens to the public. Roy... What's up? After the contents of your person are logged and stowed in the chief's office safe, you're unceremoniously escorted to one of the three empty cells located at the back of the station. The small space reeks of piss and vomit. The single bunk is stained with various bodily fluids. A broken sink drips constantly next to a shit-spattered toilet with no seat. There's a small window up high with bars wide enough to stick your arm through. Steve Ellis uncuffs you as Chief Weaver stands outside the cell with one hand on his gun. I'm sure it's just a matter of time for your assistant director springs you, but you can bet it won't be until morning. And I'm sure she won't be happy with my report. You'd best settle in for the evening. Cynthia will bring you some grub just after dark. The cell door clangs shut, and you are alone. Tin copper riot. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just kind of sit down, look around, see if anything... Out of the ordinary is obvious. Why don't you go ahead and give me a spot hidden then? I was going to say that. You ever notice that that piss stain on the mattress kind of looks like Jesus? I made it a 70. I got a 59. That's a success. You very easily spot a dead rat lurking at the back of the toilet. All right, I'll take it. (laughs) Put it in my inventory. I'd like to combine my dead rat with the flashlight batteries that I found. I'll go look behind the toilet, see if there's anything that's obvious that made it die, or maybe a hole or something stupid. Picking up the rat by its tail, you can easily tell that it had starved to death. Now what is he supposed to have for dinner? It's very desiccated. What's, like, outside of the bars? Is the, like... The desk there? Nope. It's uh, basically the backside of the station is a cell block, cinder block, hallway. Uh, there is a door. You're, you're basically in the middle cell. So what you see is to the left, the hallway that eventually turns and leads to a door that you know leads back out into the station proper. And to the right, it's basically a dead end. And the cells to either end are uh, empty. I guess I'll just wait for food. All right. As you wait, Jack... The grinning corpse of a young woman leers down at you from the gaping entry to the attic. I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll. No, I refuse. (laughs) It's against my religion. I said... He said gaping. I needed a 79 and I got a 60. That's a success. So as you rear back and stumble to the ground, falling on your ass, 
You look up, and what appeared to be a dead body is actually just a mannequin that apparently had fallen over. Oh, wow. From up top. But for just a moment, it looked like almost like your mom. <laughs> the mannequins are aliens who are secretly replacing everybody. Damn it, Matt. You just ruined the whole mission. Can we play a different game? <laughs> I vote life. I was going to say backgammon, but yeah, that worked. All right, I'm going to back up a couple steps. What a wuss. Put my head out the door. Danny, get up here. I'm going to walk back over to the stairs and look down and yell for Danny again. Danny, get up here. Dan, Kevin is no help and there's no sign of dawn. However, just as you're about to leave the front porch, you hear a familiar voice approaching from one of the construction tents. My laws, what in tarnation happened to you? Lauren Crawley, the attraction's manager, joins you at the entrance with a grunt as she ascends the stairs. You notice she's walking with a limp. Oh, just uh, uh, doing some helping, helping some people out. You know, Roy needed needed a little help in his room this morning, and some glass ended up on my face, and it wasn't pretty. Yeah, I've I have a five and fast talking to ten and persuade. Good job, nerd. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, persuade then. Ready? I'm, I'm, I'm predicting the future. This is not going to work. Ha! Huh, what do you know? I'm psychic. I needed a 10 and I rolled a 47. That's a failure. She sort of gives you a sidelong look as you're telling your story. Mm-hmm. That's just too bad. That doesn't sound very nice at all. Oh, no. Accidents happen. So what, what brings you back up here? I was looking to talk to Dawn, but she seems to have disappeared on me here. Oh, Dawn, you're looking for Dawn for what? I met her at the church service on Sunday, and we kind of started a conversation that we never really got to finish. Oh, I see, I see. Uh, well, I'm sure she's in uh, working on something inside. Why don't you come on inside, and we'll we'll see if we can find her. Don't do uh, it. That'd be lovely. Thank you. And uh, as you enter the house again and start up the stairs, you hear Jack's voice calling down, Dan. Dan, come on, Dan. And Lauren looks up the stairs and back at you with a quizzical look on her face. Yeah, I didn't know Jack was here. I guess we'll see what he wants. Yeah, let's go up and see see what he wants. And uh, she leads you upstairs. She takes the lead. You're following behind. And you meet, turn around on the landing. And there is Jack standing at the uh, top of the stairs. Hello, Mr. FBI. Uh, what can I do for you? Is, did you find Dawn up here? No, I didn't. I was looking everywhere. Couldn't find her. Huh. Well, that, that's odd. I thought she was up here working. So did I. That's why I came up. Well, I, I, I don't rightly know where she could be. That is very bizarre. I'm going to check again up here. You guys want to check uh, the bathroom? I'll check the uh, end room well, real quick. I, why, why, don't, why don't you come on downstairs? You know, it's, it's just not safe to be wandering around up here. All by your lonesome. What, what do you mean it's not safe? Is this house not structurally sound? No, it's it's all fine. I'm just saying, you know, we've, we've got a lot of boxes and stuff around here. We don't want anybody to get hurt. Has anything happened up here? What do you mean? No, no of course not. Now, you, you know that this could be impeding an investigation if you are not fully truthful with us. What investigation? I thought Chief Weaver told you to clear out. Well, Chief Weaver does not have jurisdiction here, ma'am. I'm afraid he does, sir. I'm afraid he does not. And if I'm telling you right now, we do not want to impede your fundraiser. But if we don't start getting straight answers, you're the third or fourth person who's brushed us off saying there, should, there was an issue and then all of a sudden changing the story. I think you might need to talk to Chief Weaver. Why don't you give him a call on your phone real Why quick? don't you come on downstairs and sit on the front porch and I'll give him a call. Go ahead and give him a call on those phones that don't work. Come on down. And she starts coming downstairs, beckoning you. Mm-hmm. And Dan's behind her, and he's sort of being 
physically prompted, shall we say? It's hot. Do it. You come on to my office, and we'll, we'll talk to Chief Weaver. Oh, is your office on the front porch? No, my office is on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. Just downstairs. Come on. All right, I'm going to go down to her office. You walk into what appears to be the central hub of the whole haunted house. So it's a bunch of computer monitors that connect up to the webcams and so forth. And there's you know a big desk and a console of, of screens so that she can monitor when people are going through each of the rooms. You, for instance, you can quickly see that Kevin is working in the parlor. You can see Eva who is the little uh, devil girl. She is actually working up upstairs. Dawn Ellers is actually working out in the back porch. That's what you see on the monitors. Uh, Lauren comes in and and says, why don't you all have a seat there? And there's a couple chairs. I'm going to pick up one of the chairs and walk out of the room and say thanks. (laughs) She told me I could have the seat. She proceeds to uh, pick up the phone. There is a landline there. Do you guys want to do anything while she's making the call? If Roy were here, he'd probably try and shoot the phone out of her hand. (laughs) But since he's in jail... You have no proof that I'm in jail. Ma'am, if you do reach the sheriff, I'd like to speak with him, please. I'm on the phone. She turns her back to you. So we can see the the monitors? Yeah, you can see the monitors, of course. Jack, there's Dawn. She went to the back porch. Mystery solved, am I right? No. Oh. That is very peculiar. Uh, I'd like to thank you for your help. I'll be going. Lauren softly puts down the cradle, and she turns back to you, and she's like, I'm sorry, uh, the the chief's out, but I would appreciate if you guys would clear out. We have a lot of work to do. Either that or you can pitch in. Either way. Oh, I don't mind helping. I just need to let you know something. If you're running this place, you need to know what's happening. What's happening? I just saw a gentleman out in your field with a whole shit ton of Molotov cocktails. What? Spying on your little house. Why didn't you tell me? Because for some reason, nobody here likes to answer any goddamn questions. You like to pussyfoot around, and I'm getting sick of it. We're trying to help you. Why don't you go ahead and roll an intimidate, please? I'm gonna roll a baseball bat in her fucking head. <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> I needed a 60, I rolled a 44. So Lauren crosses her arms across her chest and takes a step back and leans against the console desk. And she's like, well, I, I, don't, I don't much appreciate your tone, mister, but I do appreciate you finding out who is this boy. I did not catch his name, but uh, I believe one of your fellow people here said it might have been Brad. Are you, are you talking about Bradley? I don't know. It says Brad Kohler in the wiki. <laughs> we need the sheriff out here so he can handle. I dumped all the Molotov cocktails out, but the gasoline and everything is still just on the edge of that field out there, and it can be dangerous. I tried to call, but our cell phones won't work. So that's why I would like to talk to the officer. Uh, Steve did say the, the chief was out. Evidently, he's out on a call. I will certainly pass that along. In the meantime, if, if you gentlemen want to help, I think your first order of business would be clear out that gasoline. Here's the issue. We have no way to get rid of the gasoline. That's why we need the officers so I could speak with somebody to get a proper crew out here. It's a lot of fuel. Can't you just pour it in the ground? That's not good for your trees. It's not good for your lawn. It's not good for anything. I, now, Right now, I've got it on a tarp. Is it a lot? I mean, are we talking gallons? More than gallons. Why don't we go take a look? All right, sounds good. Lead the way. You After you. Ladies first. All right, Danny, get going. <laughs> hey, Danny, why don't you stay here and see if you can help uh, any of these kids get this, maybe add a little supervision. Okay. All right, I'm going to escort her out to the field and show her that area. I'm going to head back up to the attic. Why don't you go ahead and give me a stealth roll if you want to get by Eva? Watch out for that board, Matt. You're in the room with the board. I needed a 28, and I rolled a 95. Nice. He's playing the drums and cymbals on his knees. 
I'm wearing one of those big one-man band kits. So, Dan, as you uh, creep stealthily back up the staircase, you reach the very top, feeling very confident. Your toe catches on the very top step of the landing, and you fall flat on your face. How many points of damage? No points of damage, but immediately Eva peeks out the door. Oh. And then throws more glass at you. (laughs) It's you. I think she likes you. Yeah, it's uh, me. What, what, what you doing on the floor? Play some Marvin Gaye. <laughs> Let's get it on. I'm waiting for you, baby. That's why I'm on the floor. Well, uh, I'm making sure. I, I had a friend down in the dining room, stepped on a board, went up in his face like in the old cartoons. As uh, you know, I'm knock on the, the just just checking structural integrity with your face. Uh, I, you know, it's uh, I've, I have a good set of ears. I, c- I can hear if if it's stable or not. I just have to get you know right on the ground. She peeks it at your ears and she goes. I don't know. Anyway, I'm gonna stand up. So uh, I'm just gonna keep keep checking. I heard uh, there might be some uh, problems up in the attic. I was gonna go. Who told you that? Oh, well, you know, no one's directly trying to say anything. But leaning, if you ask me, I think some people might think there's something fishy going on with that attic. All the training I have, I, I feel like I'm I'm qualified to deal with any kind of fishiness. That sounds like a fast talk Are to you me. Flirting with her. <laughs> I'm trying, but I only have a five in fast talk, so this is gonna fail miserably. You pretty things, you wear nice. That's a success because I rolled a fifty and I divide by ten, which makes five. <laughs> Math. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe we should check with Lauren. What do you think? Uh, Lauren is busy right now. I was just down with her. um... Let's go downstairs and ask her. No, she's out uh, in the woods with uh, F- Special Agent Whiteside. Something about someone leaving Molotov cocktails out in the woods. Okay, okay. Well, let's let's wait downstairs for her, because I, I don't think she'd like you creeping up here. Unless you want to go check out the attic with me. I hear there's some weird stuff that happens up there. Sexy stuff. Ooh, that sounds like a persuade to me. I'm just throwing things at the wall to see if anything sticks. And then he's going to try... Um... His uh, psychology next, and then ride and swim. Damn it. Wow, you are on the mark. Yeah, that sounds like fun, but... I needed a 10, and I rolled a 64. It's getting to be, you know, kind of late, getting close to dinner time, so I think we should probably head downstairs. What do you Give say? Give a navigate roll. Um, I'm going to use my spot hidden to sneak past. <laughs> Look at that over there. She slips up next to you, and you feel a small, willowy arm encircle your waist, essentially guide you back towards the stairs. And as you look into her deep blue eyes, you feel yourself and your will melting slightly. And you're halfway down the stairs before you even realize it. So what was it like on the battlefield? Just then Samantha calls. (laughs) I got this great new tentacle arm. You want to come back and try? (laughs) Spoilers. Let's just say it's not something that I really want to have to deal with again. They They put you through training. They tell you all these things about how oh, you're going to see things and hear things, but that first day you go out there and you're walking around and all of a sudden some kid walks around the corner with explosives strapped to him. Bang, bang, he shot me down. Bang, bang, I hit the ground. Great, now I have to come up with a song that has one of those words <laughs> in it. Bang a gong, get it on. No, bang he a- has to come up with it. Oh, shit, sorry. But she she does actually sing that song under her breath as she ushers you back down the stairs and out to the front porch. And it's almost like you don't even remember walking. Suddenly you're transported into a Mark Bolin music video. So, Jack, you escort Lauren to the edge of the woods straight to where you left the tarp? Yep. It's missing. Oh, shocker. This is very unsettling. 
I think we should get back and call the call the police department as soon as possible. Uh, yeah, I think we should. Uh, I'd feel way more comfortable if you and your friend were waiting in the car when the chief got back. Don't you know that burning excessive gasoline is bad for the environment? I mean, we're already far heating the, the heating the globe up enough as it is. We don't really need any Matt. Access. You're not Thank here. You. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna make my report. I don't really care if you believe me or not. I have photographic proof on my phone. I'm just going to leave it up to you and your local law enforcement at this point. And I hope to hell nobody gets hurt. That sounds like a good plan. I appreciate that. You don't seem to care about any of your people. Just about opening on time and making money. And I'm just going to walk away. I'm not even listening to her. You hear her sort of give an exasperated gasp. And then she slowly comes after you. She comes after me? I pull out my gun. She's floating like three inches above the ground. She has a gun in her hands. She, oh. I have good firearm skills, so she better watch out. She better not cry. She better not pout. I'm telling you why. She starts screaming, dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. So uh, you head back to the house at about the same time that Dan is escorted out onto the front porch. And Jack, you see... What appears to be in the deepening gloom, a little red Corvette devil on your shoulder. Essentially deliver Dan to the front porch and then disappear back inside. And Dan is just standing on the front porch looking into the distance when you and Lauren come back and walk up the steps. And Dan doesn't even move or react to you standing next to him. I'm going to put my arm around him, pull him towards me, and walk him down the steps. As soon as you touch him, he blinks and then looks at you, recognizing you instantly. Danny, don't say anything. Just walk with me. Okay. Walk down. I said shut up. Okay. <laughs> shut your fucking bile. I'll kill you, boy. All right, so I'm going to walk him down the stairs, walk over the cargo. Danny, something very strange is going on here. I just saw some creature walk you out onto the front porch and disappear back into the house. Every person is acting strange here. No, no, that, uh, that, that was Eva. Danny. Uh, she was... Danny. What? It was what? not Eva. I saw her plain as day. I saw it. You saw a clown? At the red balloon? Yep. Pennywise <laughs> was right there. He said, beep, beep, Danny. <laughs> is this before or after the orgy scene i can't remember why don't you uh head on over the passenger seat oh shit i just heard somebody scream from about five miles away shotgun <laughs> what? damn it get in the back okay just just get in the car we're gonna we're gonna go back and regroup and see if we can uh, meet up with roy we need to come at this at a different angle something serious is going on here and i think they're all involved there may be other lives at risk. Try vertical. Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Dan and Jack get back into the car and slowly pull away from the Angerstein house. And we both put our hands out each side of the window and say, We'll be right back. And wave them as we go. <laughs> when we're bringing holy water. Uh, so what is your plan after you leave the house? Well, I'm going to try my phone and see if I can call Roy. You get a voicemail? Tell him to meet us at the diner. I'm hungry. Roy, uh, the jackass next to me is hungry, but we're having some major issues here at this house. We really need your help and your expertise. Please give me a call back as soon as you can and let me know if you've heard anything back from Skinner. We're going to have a lot of pushback, and I think a lot of people are involved with more than we think. Now imagine if I went with them. 
how smoothly this whole operation would have gone down. Instead, you had to go on and get yourself thrown up Instead, in all the Instead, you had jail. to beat up a, a passed out guy and shoot somebody. We would have a few episodes to just relax if I had solved this for you guys. So you head to the diner and get some dinner. No response back from Roy. And uh, what's your plan for the evening? Uh, darkness is upon you. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Uh, Danny, why don't we do a drive by the police station and see if the sheriff's in? I, I gotta put in a report for those Molotov cocktails that I saw. I mean, they're already kind of pissed at us. Do you really want to do a drive by on the police station? Well, you know, it's the only way to get their attention. We gotta do something. Huh. Grab the Uzis. I'll Fair grab point. the shotguns. Oh shit! No, that that's 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 Roy's. He's got that. We gotta let him know about Brad so he doesn't do anything. It could be tonight if he's planning something. I don't know. I mean, how many well, how many days is what? Like two days until it opens. Two days till they open. Yep, the funeral's tomorrow morning, and then uh, it opens up Tuesday night. All right, let's do a drive by the police station and uh, see if the sheriff is in. Okay. Uh, you swing on by the uh, police station, and uh, you do see a patrol car, but not the chief's car, uh, sitting in the parking lot. If it, is it Officer Martinez's? Do we recognize the... The regular patrol cars are all the same. But you, you go inside, and uh, sure enough, it's Steve Ellis sitting there, along with your good friend and mine, Cynthia Furman. And as soon as you walk in, she's sitting at the front desk all in her little scooter, Mm-hmm. And she looks you up and down, and she's like, How you doing? Good. How you doing, man? Good idea for you, FBI agent. You fine-looking man. What's the word on the street, man? Oh, the word is it's hot and moist. And damp and itchy. Oh, and that, oh yeah, it's very scratchy. Please, that muffin hasn't had a cherry since 1946. And she takes a long, deep puff from her cigarette. She's like, what can I do for you? Uh, we were just looking for the sheriff. Oh, he, he, I'm sure he's home eating some dinner. Well, I got a little bit of a report to make. Well, you can make it with me. Fill out this form. And she slaps it on the counter. Mm-hmm. Put that away. We're looking for the report form. I didn't know they hung that low. What, what you boys up to tonight? <sighs> Dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight. I just finished dinner. Oh, yeah, what'd you have? I had that country fried steak. Oh, God. That's the best. Mm, it was so nice. I love it. Did you get dinner? I had a couple dinners. <laughs> I'm just looking for some dessert, if you know what I mean. Oh, I do, I do. Danny, why don't you entertain this lady while I fill out this paperwork? Hello, Danny. You know, I've been thinking we really missed out on a chance when we didn't call jet skis motorcycles. You a smart boy. I like smart boys. Um, thanks? But, you know, I really didn't too well, do do well in uh, grade school. That's, that's why I went into the Army. You know, I, So uh, would math. you say you're a Tipperillo or a Cuban? Um, <laughs> Don't take too long or do. <laughs> well, you know, everybody loves a good Cuban. You got that paperwork all done there, <laughs> Mr. FBI agent? You didn't want to talk about Mark Cuban? Yeah, I got it right here for you. All right, I'll make sure the chef gets in the morning. Just this as a little warning. Yeah. I believe they said his name was uh, Brad Cola. Brad Cola. I know that boy is a troublemaking. Ma'am, he had about 30 Molotov cocktails just on the outskirts of that haunted house they're making. Yeah, we ain't going to do nothing with that. All right, sounds good. I guess everybody likes to kill everybody here. Have a good night. You, you boys have a good night, and, you know. I say we just solve the case now and just go back home. I, I get off by 11 if you're interested. I don't think you've ever gotten off that chair. I'd like to see you try. <laughs>
You know, if we let people have tigers for pets, we would simultaneously solve the tiger population problem and the human population problem. That's true. I think Danny's finally lost it with all those cuts <laughs> on his face. Oh, I did have one more question for you. Yeah. Have you seen my our colleague, Roy, this evening? Hmm. Well, I don't ring no bells. Who is that? Older FBI agent. Who, who are you calling older? The one that thought you were pretty. Ooh, that boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about him right now. All right. Where, where is he at? Is he I'm not guys? sure. He hasn't answered his phones, and that's just mm. not like him. I see. I see. Well, if you see him down there at the diner, you tell him I said hello. All right. I sure will. Don't go. I, uh, I'm off at 11. Don't go putting hitchhikers in the backyard up to their necks anymore, okay? Oh, shit. Making that jerky. Is Steve still at the front desk? Steve is actually doing some paperwork off in the office. You can see him in a closed office. All right, well, you boys have a good evening. And then the phone starts ringing, she grabs it. So you say you got a cat up a tree. Hmm, I think I know the number for a private detective who might be able to help you out. Let's get out of here before she notices we're gone. All right, we're going to leave, I guess. Cool, where are you guys headed to? Ah, who the hell cares? Nothing leads anywhere anyway, who cares? <laughs> I'm going to go try to adapt some screen doors to our car. Nicely done. Nice air breeze through the windscreen. But for realsies, what, what's your plan for the rest of the evening? Uh, it's probably, what, 9 o'clock-ish? Yeah, it's good to be there. All right, Danny, let's go back and put a plan together for tomorrow. See if we see if uh, Roy's at his room. Yeah, uh, he's old. Maybe he fell asleep trying to take a nap again. <laughs> <laughs> trying to take a nap tired me out. All right, you guys head back to the screen door inn, and we'll cut back to Roy. Roy, darkness has descended. Man, it's dark. There's a disgusting, yellow, sickening light coming from the bare bulb in a wire cage in the top of your cell, and also from the sickly fluorescent illumination in the hallway, illuminating the pockmarked cinder blocks in the hall. And eventually, Steve Ellis comes in to the hallway with a tray of food, which he slides up underneath the cell door. There's a little slot there for you. And he says, uh, you doing okay, Agent? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were sleeping. Uh, what? 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 I, I got some food here for you. It's dinner time. Well, Hope you don't mind. It's, just, it's some good stuff. It's uh, uh, we, we, we put it together down uh, the, the taco stand just down the way. I like a taco. Cynthia would have brought to you, but uh, she's a little indisposed right now. She's in the bathroom. So where we got your dinner. All right, Steve. You're probably the only sensible, sensible guy around here. I'm also sensual. <laughs> the only sensual guy around here. Well, right. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sensual. Yeah, sure. You got a brain in your head? You know what you're talking about. If I only had a brain. <laughs> he starts <See>? dancing. <laughs> He brought you fish tacos for dinner, Roy. Well, you know, that's they all they all say that. I mean, my mom says that. How about you explain to me what's exactly wrong about taking out that dirtbag Mitchell Andrum? Ooh, uh, well, technically, the way he is now, I I would I guess I would tend to agree, but you know, the chief has other ideas. They they were friends back in the day, so Am I not doing this town a favor? I I can't say for sure, but you know, the chief runs things, and, uh, you know, he can be kind of a mean guy when he wants to be. And I mean, he minimum should be in here with me. I Well, I, I don't know all about that. I mean, he, he can be a good guy, too. You know, he's he just, he's got our best interests at heart, you know. In the rare occasions, he's not drunk out of his mind, maybe. Mitch or the chief? Mitch. He's just, you know, I mean, his daughter died, so I don't, I don't blame him. I mean, he is kind of a... 
He's kind of an asshole, but I don't believe he touched Kelly at all. I don't think that's true. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? These tacos are good, man. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah, it's a, that, that there's tongue. All right, now what about the touching? I never heard this. But no, it's just rumors. I mean, you know that. Hey, rumors are fun and often insightful of the truth. Sharing is caring. You know, okay, so a couple people said that Mitch molested Kelly, but there was no, there was never any proof. No proof. Seems pretty convenient that these rumors are going around around the same time she dies. Mitch has had a rough go of it since he came back to town and, you know, after the war and all. You know, he and Chief were army buddies and then they came back to town and, you know, I was a little kid back then, but I, even then I could see that they were palling around and Mitch actually worked for the police department back then. And then just something happened and he couldn't handle the stress of the of the memories of the war and he kind of went on drinking binges and he got caught up with the wrong crowd and basically you know kelly did the same thing started taking drugs drinking too much just a sad story really and then you know on top of everything else you know because mitch was drinking up a storm and beating his wife that happens around here look bud you seem like you want this town to be cleaned up you seem like the kind of guy that would be the right kind of chief this town needs. What? What? No. Why? What? Why? Why do you say that? Because you on you're you're clean, man. You're on an even slate with everybody. You don't let the biases get in the way. You said it yourself. The chief and Mitch are old friends, so he's letting them excuse all that behavior. You know, I I, I do my best. I follow God. Hey, and if that works, and, and then that that's working for you, you're doing the right thing. Well, I I appreciate that. Mr. FBI agent. All right, man. It's nice of you to say. I mean, you don't you don't even know us, but it's nice of you to say. I appreciate it. Will you open this? So I can give you a hug. Open up this prison. I've been around a lot of these little towns in my FBI work. Oh, really? A lot of the time, the big man on campus is pretty corrupt. It's just good to see that he's got his underlings that got some heart to him. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, man. Uh, you know, you know what? I I tell you what. My wife, she makes a real good pecan pie. I'm gonna bring you a slice. For, uh, she she gave me two slices for dinner tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a slice. Appreciate that. Yeah, I'll I'll be right back. I'll be right back. And he heads out back into the uh, station proper, and you're looking down at the tin tray of what appears to be two non-double wrapped tacos. Those monsters. But the uh, pico de gallo does look pretty nice. And uh, there's a little bit of rice there, a little bit of dirty rice on the side. And uh, two slices of uh, avocado that do look quite fresh. So that that's actually kind of appealing. And there's a little bit of water and a little carton of milk. Cool. I'll eat them while I'm waiting. As you pick up the tray, you hear behind you. Psst. Hey. Hey, you. I keep eating. Hey, aren't, aren't you the FBI guy? I'm not sharing my food. Well... That's what I would expect from a Nazi. Okay, I don't care. What? What do you want? What are you, what are you doing here? you just like, are you, are you Chief Weaver's little monkey? Yeah, that's why I'm in jail and, you, and I was just crap talking him to his underlings. That's it. Hmm. Well, you know what I think of Nazis? I don't care. I like to punch him in the face. Oh, wow, that's illegal. But more importantly, I like to see him burn. These are the, the correct ideals you should have. I'm glad you think so. And you hear... A flick of a lighter behind you as you're eating a taco. Okay. Well, you want me to cry? And then a shatter of glass on the floor right behind you. Get on my knees. 
Say a prayer. And kiss your ass goodbye. Suddenly, your cell is engulfed in flames as the Molotov cocktail explodes around you. I'm going to need you to make a series of rolls. Oh, boy. Are you ready? Sure. Did you say you were going to miss, Roy? (laughs) You're going to have to play somebody nice and pleasant. That's not true. I don't have to do that. Round one. Let's go ahead and make a luck roll as you attempt to avoid the flames that are basically engulfing. Wow. Can I push luck on a luck roll? Nope. (laughs) I want to spend four points of luck to fix my luck roll. What was your first roll? I need a 21 and I got a 26. That's a fail and you will take five points of damage as the flames lick along your clothing and body. So what does that bring you down to? Six. Oh shit. Okay. This could be real here. Next round. Luck roll, please. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, you're fucked. I needed a 21. I got a 61. Two more points of flames. All right, Pete Roy. He's partying with Hugh Hefner now. That takes you down to four, is that correct? Yeah. And I would say it's safe to assume that you're maybe screaming at this point. Yeah, I would have probably done that from the beginning. He's just calmly sitting on the bed, continuing to eat the taco. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, don't care. All right, and then the final round, you hear Steve Ellis racing back into the cell block. And I'll need you to make one final roll. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. Shit, son. I needed a 21. I got a 22. Here comes the final roll for Roy's damage. Can't even look. Flames. Two points. <gasps> I'm dying the next combat we have. The the, the bottom line is you're going to need a little bit of... Uh... Skin grafting? I have 50 points <laughs> in first aid. I just want to put that out there. Well, but first aid doesn't heal everything, so it's it's going to be rough going for boy Roy here. I just wanted people to know that I have 50 points in first aid. That is... <laughs> Fuck Roy. (laughs) All right. So Steve unlocks your cell just as the flames are catching onto the mattress and really becoming hot. And he drags you out into the hallway and pats you out until all the flames go out. But by then you've taken considerable damage. So you are a crispy critter at this point. And you can hear Steve Ellis as your consciousness wanes. He's calling out to Cynthia to call Dr. Cronoborg. Do you still want the pie? I'm just going to eat this for you, okay? Roy, unfortunately, there is another aspect to this. Yay. You failed all three rolls. I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll. Who cares at this point? What else could go wrong? I needed a 68. I got an 87. So here is the sanity damage that you take. Four points of sanity damage. Thankfully, that is below your percentage to make you creep towards permanent insanity or long-term insanity. Uh, However, just as you feel your consciousness wane, you're convinced that your hair is still on fire and you begin screaming uncontrollably, put it out, put it out! We should call it there, actually. Okay. That's pretty intense, so let's call it there. I hate life anyway, so. So, you ready to make a new character? Maybe one who is nice and polite and happy. He's not going to be that. You know this. Yeah, this could be very interesting. So, Uh let's go ahead and launch into our recommendos for this week. And let's start with Gabe, because he's almost dead. I'm sad. I'm just sad. Fine. It's white gold. It's a Netflix special. It's about salesmen in Britain in the 80s really like dirty salesman it's like funny but it's like angry humor which i'm obviously a fan of 
it's got two of the guys from the in-betweeners in it if you've ever seen that it's uh it's got jay and simon from that show and it, it kind of just feels like an older version of them like the whole show feels like the in-betweeners and so if you're a fan of that you'll like this it's really well written it's narration tools are unique at least the things i've seen i'm a big fan of it so that's white gold on netflix all right, uh, let's go to Brian. I am going to recommend Big Mouth on Netflix, or ne- another Netflix original series. I watched the first episode, and I was like, man, eh, they're trying too hard. I'm not going to watch this. I made myself watch the second and third episode, and now I'm on the fifth episode. You can tell that the first one's the pilot, because they're trying to jam everything in, no pun intended. Um, it's about preteen coming of age. Masturbation. And it's, it's very graphic. <laughs> Um, the language is there. It's the horrors and the pleasures of becoming a sexual being and uh, what these uh, poor, poor uh, middle school kids go through when they discover that they are changing into something they know nothing about. Uh, very funny. Huge, huge star-studded cast. You've got Nick Kroll. You've got uh, Maya Rudolph, Jordan Peele, Fred Armisen. So you, tons and tons of voices in this. It's it's really well done. Get past the first episode, and you definitely fall into the characters, the development. It's it's really well done. It's funny. Highly recommend it. All right, uh, Matthew, what you got for us, buddy? With a sequel fast approaching, I figured that it's time for people to learn about a game called Hand of Fate. It is an action RPG roguelike with a, a really unique uh, tabletop card-based deck building kind of aspect to it. Uh, what it is is it's you come to find yourself past all 13 gates at the end of the world in a room with a man known as the Keeper. And you are there to play what he calls the game of life and death. And what it is is it's you go through and you get to uh, build a deck of cards that contain, you know, enemies and encounters and items for you to use. And then all those things get mixed up. And every single time you play, it's different based on the deck you build. And your goal is to kind of work your way up the ladder of an ever more increasing difficult set of enemies. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your regular podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you don't like what you hear, please send email to Matt at... (laughs) Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our social media, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our wiki. Uh, Links to our recommendos can be found on our website. You can find me on Twitter at lovecrafttapes. And if anyone can tell me just where in the details I can find the devil... Uh, hit me up on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And if you want to discuss Mark Bolin, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. And if you can tell me how to get any of these damn NPCs to cooperate in any way at all, please hit me up on Brian Podcast on Twitter. Until next time, roll for sanity. The Lovecraft Tapes is copyright 2017. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com.